I'll have what she's having. I love relationships. I love romantic comedies. I love love. We don't know what Cinderella looked like because she's not real. Yes, they freaking got it. Really earn that happily ever after at the end. Change the writing. It's not that hard. Hello, fellow hopeful romantics, and welcome to What She's Having, presented by Meet Cute, where a glass of rosé isn't mandatory, but it's certainly encouraged. If you're obsessed with women being completely made over by simply taking out their ponytail, or men making over-the-top romantic gestures, here's looking at you, Heath Ledger, and 10 Things I Hate About You, then this is most definitely the place for you. I'm Ashley Eskew, and I lead with my heart. I smile too big, I talk too much, I love too hard. And that started early on with an obsession with romantic comedies. Julia, Jennifer, Reese, they were like idols to me. I watched their every move trying to figure out how to get the perfect job and the perfect man so I could have a perfect life. I'm sure you've already figured out that's not how these things work. Unfortunately, my heart got in the way of my brain, which should have told me some things are off here. At the same time, I'm obsessed with the fairy tale. I'm a sucker for a montage or an obvious but well-placed joke or a closet full of shoes that protagonist should never be able to afford. Here's looking at you, Carrie Bradshaw. As a writer, how did you do it? I want Manolos. Send me the Manolos. I love romantic comedies. And I miss that golden 90s era that spread love and hope and joy, and I want it to come back, but I want it to come back the right way. So I'm gonna talk to leaders in our industry about their relationship to romantic comedies, how it informed who they are, their own love lives, their own perspectives, and also what they wanna see so we can understand more of who should be reflected in the genre, which, spoiler alert, is all of us. The first person brave enough to say yes and help me do that is the overwhelmingly lovely Julianne Huff. You know her from ABC's Dancing with the Stars, playing Sandy in Grease Live, playing our favorite ingenue in Rock of Ages, as well as Nicholas Spark films like Safe Haven. What you might not know is she's a pretty kick-ass protagonist in her own life, and she's built these new companies, a health and fitness company, Kinergy, as well as heading up Canary House Productions and giving an outlet for others to share their authentic stories about transformation with the world. If you're anything like me, about two minutes into this conversation, you'll fall in love with her. Here's my new favorite, Julianne Huff. Oh, you're my first one, so you had me freaking out. Oh no. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited. This is great. Thank you for having me. I started my morning out with Kinergy, so I feel like you I've did? been- Yes, oh my gosh. I feel Aww. like I've been channeling you all morning. It's been such a treat. <laughs> well, yay, thank you for taking Kinergy. And um, how do you feel? Oh, it's so wonderful, Julianne, because I feel like I've been looking for a workout that could kind of integrate the mind, body, and soul. I got my MFA in acting. Yeah. I was in the best shape of my life. My mental state was so elastic at that time. And I feel mm -hmm. like you really have a way to unlock that in the work you're doing. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. That really means a lot to hear that because, you know, it was it was something that I created during the time of life when I was in such a big transformation. And 
I also had such a, an incredible experience dancing that I was able to like clear my mind. I realized I'm like, I'm not moving my body. I'm not breathing. I'm not connecting back to that child of like anything is possible anymore. And so as I kind of went through my discovery of different modalities across the world, I was like, how do I combine all of these things <laughs> in a way? And so fortunately, I, I guess people are connecting to it and that's the whole purpose you know just especially during this last year finding something that gives them a little bit of release and relief so so i thought i'd take a page out of your book and start by setting an intention mm -hmm. the reason we started this podcast is to honor the romantic comedy genre all the love and hope and laughter, for lack of a better trope, it brings into our lives, but also kind of shine a light through our 2021 lens on all those things that weren't so great. <laughs> Being in the industry for, you know, 13 years and seeing where it started at the time that I started, and then to see the evolution and where we're going and where I feel like we have not an, a responsibility in like a pressured way, but a responsibility in like, what are we going to create? How are we going to have a voice of possibility and hope, removing the things that don't serve us anymore? And that's why it's our duty, it's our responsibility to create projects, whether it's through podcasts with Meet Cute or movies and television that really represent where we're heading versus where we were and where we are. And I see you already putting that into the world. Canary House Productions, your production company, and Meet Cute partnered to create a to create it to create a three-part romantic comedy called Transformation. And what I personally loved about it is your protagonist went on the journey of falling in love with herself as opposed to falling in love with a man. Could you talk a little bit about that experience and and why you chose to produce and star in that particular story? Absolutely. You know, I think that as as a young woman, I'll just speak woman right now, you know, we're taught to um, be the good girl. And once we're the good girl, we'll have a prince come and rescue us and that we need a prince to make us a queen. And I think really, it's not that I don't need a man or want a man, but it's it's that I don't need one. It's that I choose one. And in order for me to have a clear path of choosing who I want to be with, I have to fully fall in love with who I am and who, again, who I want to be in the world and what kind of relationship I want to contribute to because it's a very dominant, submissive power trip of the man is supposed to be this and the woman is here. And this is, again, this is old school. We've, we've done a lot of like transformation over the last few years. But, um, but as a little girl, that's what we're taught. And so, you know, having a voice and speaking up, but not with fight, not with like, I'm going to prove to you, but just owning of who you are and falling in love with all parts of you, not just the part that you have to be in order to be loved. What does that even mean? What you have to be to be loved? Is there a roadmap? I feel like that's a slippery slope because so often with love and relationships, we've witnessed in rom-coms that there are rules. Yes. <laughs> and if we are Jennifer Garner, Kate Hudson, Reese Witherspoon, or Julia Roberts, 
certain things will happen to us if, and there are absolutes, but the moment we say should is when I think we might be on the wrong track. We're so used to having a partner make us whole. I have a diagram that I have. Two circles like this separate. It's like your partner and you. And then there's like a 33% of you together. One and one doesn't make two. This 33% is about you guys, but you still have your personal lives as well and what makes you whole. Um, And that's that 33% that crosses in the middle. That's actually the joint relationship of making each other feel seen and heard and understood and safe. But you can't get there until you're full on the other sides. I had to learn that all throughout my 20s. It was just just like failing so many times. In my particular instance, it was with the same partner, us failing over and over again and realizing we had to take care of ourselves and put on that oxygen mask like they tell you in the airplane. I have this, you know, analogy, and of course I've learned it from other people. It's not my own, but um, <laughs> but we learn everything from everyone. So I'm just not going to claim anything as my own. <laughs> it's your own now. Yeah. <laughs> but what I believe is, especially in entertainment or, or in any kind of profession where you have to, so really anything, achieve in order to be validated, mm. there's a difference between the performer and the artist. And for so long, like I was born and bred to be a performer. I know I can switch it on and then I switch it off. And I know how to captivate a room. I know how to be on stage and hold that energy, but it's not sustainable because it's, it's just exhausting. So, so the difference between being a performer and an artist, I feel, especially in the entertainment world is that the artist comes from like truth and honesty and wisdom and like a purity of creation and a performer has the ability to mask that that but what's so fascinating and why you see all these people win oscars and and emmys and golden globes and all that stuff is because those are those are like the artists coming through it's not just a performance it's like it's art penetrating through that performance i agree i mean in hindsight why i wanted to be an actor and a writer and do this work is because I think I felt so separate from what it was to be female and human. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I needed to learn how to perform at that as opposed to accepting like I am enough. Oh, wow. How you connect to yourself is the hardest part. So um, one of the the projects actually that I remember watching, it was Maleficent. Do you remember Maleficent when it first came out? And that was the first like... I don't know, like Disney um, movie about princesses and princes or whatever, that they changed the ending. You know, it was about the mother's love. That's what she needed versus the prince to save her. That was like a big turning point that I was like, yes, they freaking got it, you know? And and then, it, and then it's your choice. It's like, I don't want to be that person that is like, I don't need a man, you know? <laughs> like, cause I, I love relationships. I love romantic comedies. I love love. Like it is my favorite thing in the world, like to be in that state of love and to share with someone. So like, 
I'm not here saying like, you don't need a man to make you whole and, you know, I'm just here to say that like, man, we are so taught that that's, and that's what we've seen. And now we're not, we're, we're shifting that. And I think that that's so beautiful. I mean, you brought up Disney. I think of you as such an ABC Disney darling. Like (laughs) I am like waiting for you to in the future. It's my secret hope that you will like produce a new Disney princess and give us a new breed of Disney princess. If you had that opportunity, do you know what story you would want to tell? Oh my goodness. I would love that, by the way. I mean, I feel like I'm a little Cinderella right now with my hair in a bun. You know, I don't know what the actual story would be, but we're actually, we actually found this really, really awesome girl um, on Instagram that posted something and she was like creating almost like a musical and it's so different than anything you've seen and she literally posted that she would love to make this like a Disney or a Pixar movie and so we reached out and we're gonna we're talking to her right now but it's a, a I can't tell you what it is but ah. but it's so cool because it's so the opposite of what you would think a princess would would emulate but yet it's so feminine it's so beautiful it's so artistic and Um, Yeah, so we're really excited. So I love that you just asked that question. Oh, wow. You must have been giving me a certain kind of energy. (laughs) Can we get like a one word something that encapsulates the energy of it? Um, Honestly, it's it's like musical expression that you would not associate a typical girl uh, with. Of Um, So it's pretty cool. I'm really excited about it. (laughs) Well, since we're talking about these mystical characters, everyone kind of talks about how great it was that you were in Harry Potter as an extra. And I do love that you and your brother make an appearance in those films. But I read in an article, you like sent a little love letter to Daniel Radcliffe and a Beanie Baby. That's true. Oh yeah, it's 100% true. I'd be happy to tell you the story. That's why I was saying, like, I love love so much. And um, I remember when I was when I was 11, I was 11, Daniel Radcliffe was 10. And, you know, we were adults. Oh, younger before. man, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, we got to debunk the whole cougar thing at some point. So, uh, yeah, I remember we were shooting in Gloucestershire and I lived in London at the time. And so we had like a school trip, basically, um, like all the young kids. And we stayed at this hotel. And I remember there was like a scene that we were all at the the like great hall dinner table and we were just talking. I was like, he's so cute and so nice and everything. And so I wrote him a letter and then it was Valentine's Day coming up. And so I was like, I wrote him a letter. And then for some reason we had like this crazy Beanie Baby collection at the house that I lived at. And so I took one of the, it was Valentino. Um, the I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Oh my God. They were such and, a good investment. Yeah, right? And so I I remember I gave it to like one of the producers or production assistants or something to give to him. I don't know if he ever got it, but you know, it was my love language. So one of my love languages is receiving gifts. So obviously Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that to somebody. And it's so funny. I've always like judged. I'm like, I'm not like materialistic. I don't, it's not about receiving gifts, but it's the thought that's put into it to like create something for someone. And so that was that was me figuring out my love language early, early on at 11 years old that I love to like find little things and make someone someone feel special through gifts. So um, that was that was my my Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe Valentine story. <laughs> I 
adore that. I can't believe he hasn't like reached out as adults. I, again, I don't even know if he received it and if he would even know that I existed on that, on that movie <laughs> set. Like, you know, when you're a kid, you th just think everything kind of revolves around you. Like I thought I was in the Truman Show my whole life, basically when I was a kid. And so, yeah, I probably thought we were best friends, but clearly probably never met. <laughs> I miss that courage though. I remember being at a party and oh my God, this kid, Nick, like literally grazed my knee and it fed me for three weeks. I oh, for sure. Well, that's the whole thing. That's why it's so fun. It's like when you're a kid, you can imagine and you can fantasize and you can create anything that you want and desire. Sometimes it can get a little unhealthy, but like, that's what's so beautiful is I think as adults, we kind of we dim our imagination and dim what's possible and then kind of just fit into, you know, the, the box of what already exists. I don't know. That's what I always try to come back to is like, what would my younger self do or say, or how would they be in this situation? And I, I remember I was so fearless when I first came out to LA. Some of the stories that even like producers today say, say about me, what I used to tell them, I was like, man, she had courage. She had guts. Like, I need some of that risky, like, behavior again, you know? So, I don't know. I always think about, like, my 18-year-old self. What would she do? How do we lose that courage as women? As any gender? As any gender, you know? However you identify. I think it's just, it, it kind of goes back to, like, your parents when they're saying, like, just play as long as you can. When you get an adult, like then you have all the responsibilities and everything. So I think it's just like, it's just life. Like we had so much space and time as kids. Like we, we got bored. Like when do you ever get bored as an adult now? You know, it's like, we're always filling our time with something. And, and I think like finding those moments where you can actually get bored and, and find something creative and fun to do, which by the way, I just looked at this. <laughs> Like I have a coloring book like right here. Like that is, that's like what I do now when I get bored is I try to, I try to come up with something that like brings me back to something that like my childhood self would do when they were bored, like go play in the dirt or like color, or I take myself on dates that my child would want to go on, not my 32 year old self would want to go on. Oh, I, I love that. I think it's, I think it's Dr. Wendy Mogul. Don't quote me on that. Um, but she was like, you can't breed creativity unless you have five minutes of boredom every day. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's all about balance. It's the pendulum swing. It's like finding that space between in the middle where you're like, you're productive and you're active, but you're also you know, there's enough space in your life to actually create. Western society in general, we're just, we pride ourselves on how busy we can be and we're exhausted and we're getting so burnt out and it's just, it's not fun anymore, you know? <laughs> I am thinking of one of the moments I assume was fun for you and hopefully, yeah. um, I mean, I got a chance to work, watch your work as Jolene with Dolly Parton and I feel like you've worked with many icons at this point like you know tom cruise russell brandt alec baldwin so many are coming into my head but tolly freaking parton especially like everything she's doing right now by the way side note i saw that script really making an effort to like frame yes. women in a certain light is that a reason why you pick that project outside of dolly 
Absolutely. You know, when I got the call, I actually got a call from Dolly herself. No, you did not. Oh yeah, I have the whole thing videoed. I was like, what the heck? And so- um, How does that feel when you hear that voice on the other line? I mean, I was so excited and freaking out. And I, you know what, and and that's what I'm, I'm, I'm happy and proud about with, with sort of my career is that like, I have not got jaded. Like I did a movie with Cher and I was freaking out or like meeting Tom Cruise, like what? And then like Dolly Parton calling me on the phone. I'm like, what is happening? Calling my mom right away. You know, like again, we create like our life. So if we're kind of just playing it cool, when those people call, it's like, you're, you're like stripping away the joy and the excitement of what's actually happening right now. Like enjoy it, like celebrate it. So, um, so anyway, that was a tangent, but I love it. What was awesome about that script specifically, Sean Patrick Smith, who wrote it, it was so beautiful because, you know, Dolly talks about Jolene a lot of like how she wrote the song and in her interviews and, and how she talks about Jolene. It's super funny. It's very Dolly and you know and and it's quite like punchy or whatever but this script specifically she really wanted to like have jolene have a humanity element to her and there's a reason why she is the way she is she had a past that brought her to protect herself and use her sexuality to feel important and special and validated for who she was in the world when she didn't have that from her parents and so it was learned behavior but she felt like crap doing it, but she didn't know how to get out of it, you know? And so until she found a female friend that she felt like she could actually be herself with and find value in her own like being, that was when she decided to shift and change who she was. If, if you can't see yourself, find the people around you that will see you for who you are. And that was her friend, you know? That was, that was Kimberly's uh, role. Mm. Yeah. I love that so much. Do you have like a little Dolly nugget, something you noticed about her or something she passed on that you could share with any of us? Oh my goodness. You know, she's just, she's, she's just a person. She, she created Dolly Parton. She created that character. You know, she, she gave me some good business advice. (laughs) She was like, Julianne, you remind me of me, you know, in the sense that you want to do everything. And she's like, and I love that. I think you should. She's like, do you think I knew how to run a theme park? No, but I knew I wanted one. And so I hired the people that knew how to do it. If you want it, you can have it, but don't try to run the business because that's not your gift. Your gift is to be the visionary, is to be the artist. And so I was like, wow, that's so amazing because for so long, I felt like I had to do all of it to be Dolly Parton or to be someone that I admired. Oh, she must like know all of her finances for this, 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 and this. And she must know like how to like, you know, run a a, a roller coaster or whatever, you know, like, she's like, I don't know how to do any of that, but I hired the right people to do that. And so, oh, and that's what she said in a very Dolly way. She goes, she goes, you hire the people that know how to do it. You hire people smarter than you. And in turn, you're smarter than them because you hired them. <laughs> so she's very dolly in that way. But um, but it was really important for me to hear that because it took the pressure off of feeling like you have to do everything. And I think in this day and age, like 
through Instagram and everybody has a platform, it's like, you have to do more, you have to do more, you have to do more. <laughs> and I, I had a conversation with one of my actor friends who he has a tequila company and he has a production company and he has a media company and he has a clothing line. And he was like, I love all of it, but I'm exhausted. And like, I don't know why I'm doing all of this. And so he got rid of like three of them so that he could focus on the things that really made him happy. And then eventually all the things that he got rid of ended up finding their way back in anyway, but he wasn't managing at all. Yeah. That makes perfect. I'm going to take that little nugget from Julian Huff <laughs> and take it as mine. <laughs> um, we have some questioners from our listeners. Are you willing to take them? Oh, heck yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Okay. Well, Andrew from Jupiter, Florida would like to know if you've ever altered your career for love. Oh, if I've ever altered my career for love, you know, I didn't alter it, but I, but I made choices and decisions out of respect for the partner that I was with at the time. So, um, I remember I did a movie, uh, with a, with an actor and we had a lot of kissing scenes in it, but who I was with at the time didn't want me to do that. And so instead of being like, well, screw you, this is my career. Like I do that. I had respect for him. And so I said, okay, let me, let me get creative. Let me figure out a way to still do this project, but find a way that doesn't make my person feel uncomfortable. So I made a character choice that every time this, you know, the actor would come in to kiss me, I'd do like a nosy, 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 or like, I'd be like, oh, and like, I made it part of my character that she was quite flippant and like, not really all about the kissing. And it was more like, she was quite silly. <laughs> and so it was something that I did for this person because it was important to them. Did I need to? Probably not. But I had that respect, you know, and we had talked about it. And then, and then it kind of, put me in a position to get creative. And I, I like that kind of challenge. And um, it helped me kind of, I don't know, find a deeper layer to this character in a way. Yeah, represent maybe someone who feels that way with affection. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Fletcher from Dallas, Texas is curious. What is more important to you, love or respect? What is more important to me? Oh. Um, I know it's not easy. I can't go looking for respect because I don't know that that's like a significance thing, you know, like I need to have respect, you know, but like if you're in a state of love, then I feel like the natural reaction to someone is to have respect for you because you're living in a state of love. I also think in a relationship, if you have respect without love, that doesn't really show the intimate kind of romantic partnership that I would really want. But if you have love without respect, I don't feel like that relationship will last. So they feel like they have to kind of go hand in hand. I've been in love and, you know, lost respect or whatever. And that hurts the love because you can fall out of love. It's kind of a paradox. You need both to be able to survive and thrive. But I think it would, it, the order in which for me would probably be love and respect versus respect and love just because you can have a respectful relationship in a platonic way with someone, but without that kind of like intimate love, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily want that. <laughs> I want deep love too. <laughs> oh, me too. Okay. And finally, I really love this one. If you were to remake the parent trap, what celebrity would you want to play your twin? The parent trap. Oh I know. What celebrity would I want to play my twin? <laughs> um, oh my gosh. 
I don't know who's like my age that I feel like there's a lot of similarities, even looks wise, like if we looked like each other. Um, do you have any ideas? Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. Oh, I love that idea. I think you guys could be, oh my God, like a middle-aged parent trap with the two of you as fraternal twins. I would buy the ticket in a second, make it a musical done. Um, wait, should we make that? That sounds awesome. Um, we'll set up a pitch meeting after this. Perfect. I, I love Kristen so much too, by the way. We did burlesque together, but also I remember, can I tell you a quick story? I know we don't have that long, but Please. when I first came to LA, I was 18 and I had like met somebody who wanted to be my manager and I didn't know what a manager was, but he's like, yeah, there's this Us Weekly hot Hollywood party. You want to come? And I was like, sure. I didn't have an outfit, so I lived with a group of models, my first um, my first apartment I ever had. And I was like, what do I wear to this? Well, my, my friend who was a model always wore Ugg boots and like sundresses. And so I wore like sun, a sundress and Ugg boots to this like hot Hollywood Us Weekly party um, when I was 18. And like my hair was in like ringlet curls. Anyway, I get there, the manager guy that I went with left me and I'm just standing there by myself like at this like corner. And it was for Veronica Mars, Kristen Bell was being like honored or something. So it was her thing that she was hosting and she was sitting at the table and she's like, hey, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm good. She's like, do you wanna sit down? So I sat down with her and she sat and like talked to me for probably 30 minutes and just was asking me questions if I was okay and like who I was here with, what my dreams are. And I was like, this is the nicest person on the planet. And then I did the movie with her probably uh, three, three years later. And yeah, so she's, she's amazing. Oh, <laughs> like coincidences in life that makes you feel yeah. like it's so small. Yep, it is. Oh, my new favorite person, Julianne Huff. Our time is coming to an end. But before we go, a few lightning round questions. West Side Story or Romeo and Juliet? Ooh, I mean, Romeo and Juliet is the derivative of West Side Story, but I'm going to go West Side Story. Infamous or forgotten? Ooh, infamous. Ooh, stronger or smarter? Ooh, smarter. Student or teacher? Student. Change the past or see the future? Um, see the future. Freedom of expression or freedom of choice? I would say freedom of expression. Okay, and finally, what is the greatest act of love you have ever witnessed? The greatest act of love I have ever witnessed. Personally, I would say the choice that I made to never abandon myself and to trust myself in, in that and like have enough love for myself to never abandon myself. And then what I've witnessed in others is honestly like a, a parent's love for their child. I've seen it many times with my nieces and my nephews, with my sisters. It's the most incredible thing I've ever witnessed. So love, love is just, Love is love, and we can't live without it. <laughs> Julianne Huff, thank you for being the first guest. I so appreciate you being on your heart. No, thank you so much. You're amazing, and um, I can't wait to hear all the other guests that you have because you are a great interviewer and just make everything so comfortable and lovely. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, I think we did it. Thank you so much for joining me, all you hopeful romantics. This was a dream come true for me, and I hope I can make more dreams happen for you. If you're looking for more rom-com content, which frankly, I know I always am, 
Uh, Julianne mentioned some ones that she really loves or has performed in. What we talked about today was Meet Cute Transformation. You can find that on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We talked about Maleficent, which you can find on Disney+. Plus. We talked about Dolly Parton's Heartstrings, episode one, named Jolene. That's currently on Netflix. We talked about burlesque with Cher, and we talked about the classic Veronica Mars starring Kristen Bell. We'll be back next Thursday with Jackie Cox from season 12 of RuPaul's Drag Race. And now that you know us, we want to hear from you. DM us your questions for our guests coming up on Instagram at meetcute. Or, you know, tell us your own love stories, your own meet-cutes. Tell us who you want to see and what you want to see from them. Oh, and of course, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts so you can hear more from us. Thanks for becoming all my new favorites today. I'm Ashley Eskew and... I'll have what she's having.